What's up, guys, and welcome to episode 15 of the Yard Podcast. I'm your host, Randy. And I'm your host, Konu. And we are 12 games into the season, and it feels like we already have so much to talk about. We saw Kershaw and Gonsolin both make their 2020 season debuts. We're seeing more of Beatty and Rios in the lineup as days go by, and the Dodgers have had some hot starts from one player that kind of came as a surprise to all of us and to another one that we've been waiting on for a couple of years now. Uh, it's been fun, but also a lot of frustration <laughs> with this last week of baseball. Uh, so let's get right into that. First things first, the Dodgers, uh, they decided to put stricter protocols on themselves. After the Marlins and Cardinals outbreak, the Dodger players, they wanted to do a little bit more than just what MLB mandates. They want to be out there. They want to play. This team is more than capable of winning the World Series. So they're doing everything they can to make sure they stay healthy and safe and don't have to deal with the same predicaments the Marlins and Cardinals have, where now they have to somehow make up seven games before the end of the season. So on Friday during the game, Alana Rizzo mentioned the new protocols players have put into play, and these came straight from Justin Turner, and these are it. All players will wear face coverings in the dugout. Uh, we've kind of seen some of them are struggling with that, but they're doing better. Any player not in the lineup or game will not be in the dugout during the game. Pitching coaches will not be in the dugout when the Dodgers are on offense. Hitting coaches will not be in the dugout when the Dodgers are on defense. They readdressed high fives and handshakes. They stressed social distancing and wearing face coverings in the bullpen. And they also stressed avoiding public appearances for marketing purposes. So big fan of the Dodgers willing to just kind of put everything else on the back burner right now and make sure their health is their top priority as it should be uh, not just for baseball but for them and their families so they're willing to put aside marketing purposes uh, extra money for them if it means going into a crowded area they're not going to take it they're going to just do what's best for the team and so happy to hear about that uh, within the last few days we've also seen some players get called up option back down but First and foremost, we saw Gonsolin make his first start of the season on Friday in Arizona. However, on Saturday, he was sent back to the alternate site and Mitchell White was called up. Um, obviously, we never saw Mitchell White play, but did you have any thoughts on Gonsolin's first start of the season? Yeah, so um, he only pitched four innings. It uh, only had one strikeout, but I thought his command was very good. Uh, he was throwing pretty hard. His splitter changeup hybrid was really getting uh, players out. Uh, he only gave up one hit during those four innings. Uh, that should have been a game that the Dodgers won day, but that's, that's neither here nor there. Uh, so uh, I was very happy with uh, Gonsolin's start. Yeah, he did pretty well, and I thought it was cool that that's where he was at considering his uh, first big league start was in Arizona, and that did not go so well for him. So I was happy to see him back out there. He looked good. Uh, yes, he was optioned back down. I'm almost like 100% positive he's going to be back at some point. Just the way the rosters is are right now needing the players are kind of going all over the place. They did have to make room because, like I said, Mitchell White was recalled. We didn't see him play, and because of that, they had to bring somebody up so that way they could – Bring back Clayton Kershaw. So Mitchell White was optioned. Kershaw came back up and he made his first start of the 2020 season. Um, feels like forever that we've seen him pitch. It's only, like I said, 12 games into the season. At that point, we were only 10 games into the season. But considering it's August and we just saw Kershaw pitch for the first time, it feels like it's been forever. 
Um, how did you feel about Kershaw's first start back out there? Because very quickly, I will say for me personally, I wasn't expecting that at all. Nothing against Kershaw, but first game of the season, I expected to see some shakiness from him. Uh, I, like I said, I wasn't expecting that. I don't know what you expected, but how would you feel about all that? So, yeah, I think it was last week when we were talking about Kershaw and how I, I haven't been comfortable with him on the mound because I'm not sure what version of him we're going to get. So I I wasn't sure at all, but I was pleasantly surprised. Um, he was hitting 93 miles an hour at some point, and I was just thinking to myself, like, what year is it? <laughs> it's like that popular Jumanji meme. That was just floating around in my head because I, I couldn't believe he was throwing 93 miles an hour. Um, he also got plenty of swings and misses on his slider, which looked good. His curve looked really well. I only saw two changeups that I can remember, and they were both high, so I don't think he really had a feel for it, and I don't expect him to throw much anyway. Uh, all in all, it was a very impressive first start back, and I just hope he can continue to build on that. Same here. Uh, yeah, he looked great getting out there. He threw two fastballs, clocked at 93 miles per hour, which a year ago he wasn't even hitting. So great news on that side of things for Kershaw. Uh, we have had some injuries since last week, so an update on that. On Sunday, it was announced Seager was dealing with some quad soreness and that he would miss that game. But for Monday and Tuesday's game, Roberts did have Seager uh, batting in the DH. They wanted to keep him in the lineup because his bat is the hottest on the team right now, and they wanted to keep him off his feet for a majority of the game. So Tuesday night, Roberts said he expects to have Seager back playing tonight Wednesday night's game against the Padres but we'll see hopefully he's back out there same thing with Mookie on Sunday he was dealing with an injury during Sunday's game you could kind of see him during an at bat he was shaking his hand a little bit kind of tugging at it it was almost as if he jammed something or over whether it was overstretched something along the lines he of course went on to hit a home run because he's Mookie Betts but then he was pulled from the game his next at bat, and we found out that he had significant swelling on the middle finger of his left hand. X-rays did come back negative, so that was great news, but we haven't seen Mookie in the lineup since then. We did see him come in for a defensive substitution in last night's game, but he did not hit. Tuesday night, Robert said there was still a good amount of swelling on Mookie's finger and that he's hopeful he can play tonight. Wednesday night but that he isn't certain as of yet so I'm hoping when they release that lineup in a few hours Mookie's back in there um I've enjoyed watching him I don't think I've enjoyed really watching any player like I do Mookie Betts and I just feel like he brings a totally different kind of caliber of baseball to the team so everyone seems to play much better with him around. So let's hope we can. I think you can just tell how special he is by how, especially defensively, he makes these difficult plays look pretty routine. He's got a good arm. I mean, he, he really can do it all. That throw from right field was nuts. Like we've seen some crazy throws from right field to third base. We saw Bellinger do it against the Mets uh, last year. I think it was the Mets. We saw Puig do it years ago I think in Colorado but it was like that one Mookie did he didn't even really have a set to like chance and or have a chance to set and throw the ball like he just made it look so easy there was no crow hop there was no getting under the ball getting set up like he just picked the ball up threw it to third no problem uh beautiful play and I think that actually earned MLB's play of the week honor so 
I just want him back in there as soon as possible. Last week, yeah. Last week, we discussed how Wood was put on the IL due to shoulder inflammation, and they weren't entirely entirely sure when he'd be coming back. On Monday, Roberts told reporters that Wood should resume baseball activities either on Monday or Tuesday. I haven't heard anything since then that he's actually picked up a baseball. Have you heard anything at all about him? I did see that he was supposed to start throwing easy yesterday. He started throwing, but it seems like he's going to be put on a program that started either yesterday or today. Okay. Um, but I just want to, I don't want to come off like an, like an asshole, but what's going to happen when he comes back? Like, is he going to automatically get a rotation spot? Cause that uh, means like Dustin may gets moved back to the bullpen. I don't know after that start last night, if Dustin may is going to be heading back to the bullpen or losing that rotation spot anytime soon. Uh, that was pretty impressive what he did last night. And that's against a good team. The Padres are a very good hitting team. I think heading into last night, they had actually averaged the most runs scored in baseball. In baseball. Yeah. So I just can't see may having to give up that spot just because Wood comes back when it's not like Wood is Kershaw, Bueller, like he isn't better than May and May is showing that he deserves a spot in that rotation. So I'm right there with you. I hope. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. I'm right there with and you. Like, and like, I've had my issues with May, like with the way he mixes up pitches, but despite that fact, he's legit looked like so far a mid rotation starter. And that was even before last night. And last night, where he gave up, he threw six innings, gave up two runs, and there were times where he he looked dominant. That two seam fastball he threw to Machado, I still do not understand how that happened. It started middle, and then just continued to run into Machado's hands, and he looked stupid. And then he looked at the Dodger dugout like, really? And I'm just like, holy hell, Dustin May, when he's on, his stuff is nasty. He still needs to work on staying out of the middle of the plate, but there's just there's no way for me to put Wood back in there. Again, he's not better than Bueller. Definitely not better than Kershaw. At this point, not better than May. I don't think he's better than Urias, and he hasn't been better than Stripling. So I, I don't want him to be hurt, but I also don't necessarily want him back in the rotation. Yeah, it's it's a weird place as a fan because, like, you don't want anyone on your team to be hurt. But then, of course, at the same time, there's kind of this whole, well, I don't want him to be hurt, but I also don't want Dustin May to lose his spot. So if he has to take a little time to get back, I won't be upset about it. Uh, I wanted Kershaw back because I feel like Kershaw is a piece we need in there. There, He's better than some of the options we had in there, like with Wood. Uh, I just, like you said, I don't think Wood's a better option than the guys on there. So we'll see. I want the team as healthy as possible because you never know what could happen. If anyone else gets hurt, we've been seeing it nonstop. Pitchers are getting hurt all around the league with the shortened season. So it is crucial for him to get healthy. Never know what will happen. So hopefully we have an update more on that next week. A um, couple more updates. One on Joe Kelly's appeal. We all know he's appealing it. We all know it was a bullshit suspension anyways. Nobody has heard back from the Dodgers about whether or not he's they're able to bring the game count down, whatever the case is. Uh, but Roberts expects to hear back from the league about his appeal by the end of the week. 
So hopefully we'll be touching on that next week and maybe have something nice to say about MLB so they don't completely screw this up. As for Gavin Lux, um, I know there hasn't been much discussion about Lux from within the fan base, which is somewhat surprising because everybody was so excited for Lux. And we haven't seen much from Kike that really shows anything worth Lux from being called up, except for, of course, the roster space. Big, That's kind of important. But on Sunday, Roberts did provide an update on Lux saying that he has been getting live at bats every day at the alternate site. Other than that, I haven't heard anything about him and not sure if or when we'll even be seeing him with the big league team. I know you said you read a little bit about that right before we were about to record. Yes. So uh, I guess Roberts had a a post-game interview. And Lux was brought up, and he said that uh, Roberts had said Lux is coming up soon. Uh, he's improved his swing. He's been working with uh, hitting coach Vance Foyak every day. Um, so this is good news. I really do hope his swing is coming along, and maybe I'll get that platoon I've been asking for. Uh, there are a lot of parts to uh, Gavin Lux's swing, and that's why he says like he starts slow, and he needs 30 to 40 at-bats to start to feel comfortable. Uh, there's no doubt about it. He has struggled, but there's still hope there that he's our future. So I'm hoping to see him soon. I also hope that he's good mentally because I, I felt like he just kind of checked out mentally. I hope he's good physically. Um, it sounds like we'll be getting him shortly, and maybe that's why uh, McKinstry has only been on the testing squad as of now and hasn't actually uh, gotten on the, the roster. Um, I do wish, though, that we, we get actual updates. Like, because you sent me stuff where, like, the Red Sox were oh, yeah, Jeter, tweeting out Jeter Downs, Downs yeah. homering and stuff like that. So things like that would be appreciated. Yeah, it would be cool to get some video. Uh, like you mentioned, I sent you video of Jeter Downs at the Red Sox alternate site. He hit a home run and they had video. So it would be cool. Um, also, just wonder if it's part of the Dodgers wanting to keep if, – if they put video out there, it – gives the other team chance to watch the guys uh, that they might be facing later in the season. So I wouldn't be completely surprised if that's the Dodgers kind of thought process around all of this. Um, We did find out on Monday, which I found a little weird that we waited this late into the season, but we found out on Monday that Alexander told reporters that he had contracted COVID-19 and that's why he was late to summer camp. Obviously, he's doing okay now, but he is a type 1 diabetic and had mild symptoms when he had COVID, but he did tell reporters that he never planned on opting out, which, I mean, so far, so good. He's been having a pretty solid start to the season with the Dodgers, so we'll see how that goes, but um, we have a little bit more interesting stuff to get into couple questions about our guys on the field but really quickly I have some side notes Gratterall prefers his new nickname just so fans know he prefers to be called Bazooka instead of Buffalo so that's the nickname that Gratterall wants to go for I just feel like that was some very important news that fans should know also congratulations to Justin Turner because he's now the all-time leader uh 
by in the pitch. Well, for the Dodgers, he's the all-time leader when it comes to getting hit by pitch. So congrats, I guess. Uh, he's been hit 74 times. Zach Wheat was at 73, and I think Jackie was at 72. So there's a record for Justin Turner. Uh, best part of that was that he, as soon as he got hit by the ball, he asked for the ball. <laughs> Uh, you could also see Chico in the background asking for the ball. So they knew this was coming. They knew that as soon as he got hit, it was going to be a record. So Turner got his ball and uh, set a new record last night. So good for him. Uh, Kenley Jansen picked up his 304th career save last night, which now has him tied as 26 all time as save leader. So um, yeah, Jansen, as much as we as fans have gotten on him. He's had a very solid career for the Dodgers. He looks good so far this year. So I just hope he keeps it up. Now let's get into a little bit more of the fun stuff. We had kind of asked each other some questions to see where we would see, uh, see if our answers kind of line up a little bit, probably not, but I, the first question I have, and I'm going to answer it, then I'm going to have you answer it, but wanting to know who had the best week, pitchers and hitters. So for me, for my pitcher, I had to go with Kershaw because he makes his first start of the season on Sunday. He goes five and two thirds innings. He uh, gave up three hits, zero runs and struck out six while walking zero. I just think he's an important piece to have to the team. And like I mentioned earlier, I expected some shakiness from him, but he went out there. Looks like he never even missed a start or was hurt to begin with, uh, just dominated. So I was really happy for that. As for my hitter, I'm going to go with Seager who since last Thursday, he has eight hits, two doubles and two home runs four RBIs with a slash line of 400, 429 and 800 with an OPS of one thousand two twenty nine so Seager's killing the ball we've seen it um I don't really think you can have a much hotter start of the season than he's had uh to hit 400 in the last week and slugging 800 is insane so I'm very happy with him I do have an honorable mention but I want you to answer your question first just in case this guy ends up on your list I don't want to take that from you so for you who had the best week pitcher and hitter okay so for pitcher I actually agreed I went with Kershaw um just because I I didn't know how he would look his first start and he looked fantastic uh in that start as as far as hitting goes, for me, it could have went one of three ways. And those three players are Seager, Pollock, and Betts. Now, in the last seven games, Pollock is hitting 318 with three home runs. In Seager's last seven, he's hitting 379 with three home runs. And in Betts' last seven, he's hitting 400 with two home runs. So this was really tough. And this could be a bit of recency bias off of one game, but I went with Pollock. He had... Big hits in Houston, he had big hits in Arizona, and then again, just big hits again last night against the Padres. He hit a double to give them a 3-2 lead, and then he added another insurance run by hitting a home run in the ninth. So he's been really solid and good to start the year so far, strikeouts aside. Yeah, he does have a little bit. His strikeout numbers are up there a little bit. Uh, However, he was going to get my honorable mention, so I'm glad you chose him. Uh, and just so everybody knows, we did not discuss our answers. We did not know each other's answers before doing this. So that was just like a complete coincidence. So 
Yeah, just had to make okay. sure you guys knew. Yeah, so on to the next question. I wanted to ask, should any of the young guys get a shot to play? Um, I'm, for the most part, I'm fine with the way the lineup has been because it's such a short season and guys really have to earn that spot. But with that said, I would like to see Smith in there a little bit more. I know he's starting three out of every five games, but maybe other every other week it can be like four out of five games because it's been rough watching uh, Barnes take some at-bats. I also wouldn't mind seeing Rios get more at-bats, but I feel like the only guy you can really replace him with is Muncie at first base, and I'm not sure how I feel about that because we do need Muncie to find his swing, and replacing him with Rios just takes those at-bats away. Last one I'd be intrigued to see is Zach McKinstry. Kike hasn't done much to really lock in that second base spot, so I wouldn't mind seeing McKinstry get some at-bats, but I also think Kike is similar to Muncy situation-wise. I just can't see the Dodgers sitting Kike for McKinstry with the season being so short and obviously hopes of Kike finding his swing before October. But as we all know, crazier things have happened. So if McKinstry does get his shot and deserves to be out there playing every day, that's what I want to see. I want to see whoever gives us the best option to win at all times. Uh, the only thing I have to mention with McKinstry is the problem with him is he isn't on the active roster. So if the Dodgers did want to bring him into a game, they would have to option someone or put someone on the IL. So I don't really know if McKinstry will get that shot although he is on the taxi squad. So if someone like Kike did get hurt, he is probably going to be the first one called up even before Lux because he is already with the team. Uh, when it comes to pitching, there isn't really any young guys who I feel like they haven't any. I feel like all the young guys who deserve to have a shot have had it. Obviously I'd like to see Gray out there and Mitchell white at some point, but I think with the way the rotation is and how pitching is set up, they do aren't they wouldn't really be better than anyone they're replacing obviously with wood out there isn't like I said I just don't think there's anyone that deserves to take any of those spots Bueller is struggling but he's always off to a slow start and I just don't see the Dodgers in any shape or form taking that rotation spot from him so I would like to see some young guys but I'm not necessarily upset with how things are going so I know you like the young guys so give me your thoughts okay so yeah, you, you know how I feel about this. I wanted this year to be about the young guys from the beginning. Now, I get it, it's a short season, and they're competing for a championship, so the vets should have the opportunity to go out there and, and win it for them. And there's really no time to, to watch the young guys struggle since they are competing for that championship. However, I did go the other way with things. Again, I wanted this season just to be about the young guys and see and let them progress through the struggles and let them get, uh, let them hit against actual MLB pitching. I mean, we're having to watch several vets struggle to begin with. Now, I would prefer Lux, McKinstry, Smith, May, and Gonsolin to be there. Now, May has gotten his chances so far, and that's good. He's looked good. Um, I know Lux was late to camp, and when he showed up, he was bad. But I still would have preferred him to be in there to get major league at bats to properly prepare for a possible real 162 game season next year uh also mckinstry has been decent enough uh in spring training and summer camp plus he adds versatility with all the positions he can play so like i know it's tough for all these players 
because there's just no room, and I get that. Um, it's just my personal preference with this sh short season that it would be about the young guys and making sure they're ready to go for an actual MLB season. Um, I've said this on the pod before, and I've brought this up to you uh, over text as well. That's just my personal preference. Yeah, I get that. I think that's how there I think there's some fans that feel that way I think there's some fans that just want to kind of get out there and win but it's such a weird season that I kind of feel like at anything at this point we just I just personally I just want to enjoy baseball at this point I told you my biggest thing was getting Mookie Betts to stay now that we have that like I just want to watch good baseball whatever happens this season we will have to wait and see uh so, yeah, I think both sides of this is fair. Some fans want to see more young guys out there. At this point, I'm just trying to watch good baseball, and that's really all I care about. But anyways, on to the next question. I had wanted to know who you are most concerned about so far. I'm going to answer this really quickly, and then you can let me know your thoughts. I almost think we might actually have the same answer, but we'll see. Uh, my biggest concern right now is Bellinger. After starting off as hot as he did in 2019, which I know that wasn't going to happen again in 2020, I just expected more from him. Uh, other guys have struggled, but they've also had more successful at-bats than Bellinger has. He leads all of baseball in at-bats, but he only has nine hits on the season, which is one double and two home runs, with a slash line of 184, 231, 327, with an OPS of 557. So he... It was way below average right now. Uh, really just, I don't know what's going on. I will say the positive is he's kept his strikeouts down, so I am happy to see that he's not striking out a bunch. He's had times where he makes solid contact on, I think it was Sunday, he finally went back to his 2017 batting stance and he hit his first home run. Then he hits another one Monday night. So I'm hoping he's getting there. Uh, I definitely don't expect his entire season to go this way, but we do need him to find his at bat, uh, his bat here really soon. So yeah, I that's yeah. mine. I don't know where you stand with him, but where who are you most concerned about? Yeah, actually, I did not put Bellinger in here, although I get why people would. I went with Muncie and Peterson, and there's going to be a side note for somebody else later on, but. So Muncy did walk three times yesterday, and that now puts him at a team-high nine on the season, overtaking Chris Taylor, who has eight. Um, so maybe he's starting to pick the ball up uh, better, and his plate discipline might be returning to what we've seen the last few years. He's still not really hitting, although I think he did hit the ball pretty hard yesterday, and there was just some nice plays made by Cronenworth or whatever his name is, I don't remember. <laughs> um, so I'm hoping maybe that will get him started and that it will change soon. Um, Jock has been brutal all so far this year. He hasn't really hit the ball all that hard. He's striking out at a clip that I believe is probably what he usually does, but there's been no power or hits to go along with it, so it looks worse. And as a side note kind of thing, um, Justin Turner has, I, I don't even know what to say. He's taken a big nosedive. He's three for his last 28 with nine strikeouts, which isn't good for anybody, especially not a player of Justin Turner's caliber. So hopefully he can figure it out soon. I mean, it's only been two weeks into the season, so we can only hope that this bats get in soon. Um, and, of course, the struggles are amplified and seem worse since the season is short. 
Um, with that being said, um, speaking of struggling players, with so many players struggling, like a Kike, a Jock, a Belly, Turner, Muncie, and Taylor, how do you try to combat that? And do they do the Dodgers just do nothing, let them work it out in a short season? I don't know. I don't really think you can try to combat it or work it out. I kind of, well, I guess you kind of have to let the players work it out. I should say, I don't know if there's really much you can do. Um, Of course you can sit some guys, but overall I think they just have to write it out. It's not like anyone who is killing the ball is on the bench. So the guys struggling don't really have strong replacement options, except maybe Rio's. So I don't really think there's much you can do. It's like you had mentioned, like Jock is struggling, which is a hundred percent true. If he's DH, who do you replace him with? Rios is probably really your only best bet there. That's on the bench. That's having a better season. Uh, Beatty's not doing terrible. I mean, he's not doing good or great. He's doing maybe a little bit better than Jock. But I just don't really think there's anybody right now on the roster who's sitting on the bench that deserves to play more that can really replace these bats that are struggling. Like, you can't really replace Mookie Betts or Bellinger can't really replace Turner can't replace well Seeker's not struggling but it just seems kind of like a weird situation that the guys I expected to struggle guys like Kike I figured would be picked up by Gavin Lux but Gavin Lux isn't playing so I didn't really expect any of this I thought like hey if Pollock struggles Jock will be able to pick him up but that's not the case who's there to pick up Jock so I don't know. I kind of feel like you have to let them ride it out at this point. Uh, they are getting the wins and just pray and hope that they figure it out sooner rather than later, I guess. Okay. So like since the Dodgers are like all in on the season and they're not going to afford the young guys to struggle, this is more of a difficult fix. Uh, what I can say is the answer is not to just let them, just to continue to throw them out there and hopefully let them work through it. Um, there, there are not enough games for that. There's only 60 games. They're off to it. Okay, they're eight and four, but obviously they could be better. Um, so, and there aren't there aren't enough players to give like everyone a day off, but it needs to start being staggered. So, like, we brought up McKinstry earlier. He should probably be on the roster. Let him get his at bats against right-handers. So my thing is, you have to put players in their best position to succeed. And Kike has been at his best when he's starting against lefties and pitch hitting when a lefty comes in. He struggled recently, Kike's three for his last 20. And the most concerning thing for me is that he hasn't, or he walked yesterday, sorry. So he's got one walk in all these games. So allowing McKinstry to get in there against right-handers and let Kike do what he does best against lefties would work. Kike should only bet against lefties. Now, as far as Jock goes... But hang on, since you're on Kike, there's a big part of that that I feel like is being left out. Sure, let's say we bring in McKinstry or Lux. Who are you taking off the active roster? That's the issue we're running into. Who are you taking that's on the active 30-man roster and saying, sorry, you're being optioned, we're bringing up McKinstry or Lux? That's the problem you run into, is who are you optioning? There's plenty of players you can option. Uh, There's no need for 50 million pitchers. You can option Santana. You can option Kolarek. 
you can option Beatty since he's really not playing all that much. So, I mean, there are options to do this. It's not just a, it's not really that difficult of a decision to me, honestly. Um, so moving on, uh, Pollock can play against righties to give Jock off, to give Jock a day or two off if he needs me. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Like I said, Pollock has been solid this year. And then back to McKinstry, if he's on the roster, um, he can play different positions, second, short, third in the outfield. So if Turner needs a day off, he can play third. Rios also can play third, and he's improved at third base, or at least it looked like that during camp. He looked really solid, was making great plays. So if you want to get Turner a day off, then uh, McKinstry, Rios uh, can do that. Um, Belly had his day off, and since he's been back, he like you mentioned, he went back to his old mechanics. He's looked a lot better. He hasn't struck out much at all this year, but uh, so that's good. He's got, what, four hits in three games, including two home runs. Now, as for Muncie getting a day off, you can put Beatty at first. You can put Rios at first. So there are options, and I just wish they would utilize these options more. Like, these starters are the better players. There's no doubt about that. But in just a short season, when you were talking about not affording players um, to struggle because it's such a short season and you need to get off to a good start, you're not holding your word on that. Roberts. So like if these people are continuing to struggle, you've dialed KK back, which is good. But some of these players might need a day off. Turner's 36 years old. He's not getting any younger. He looks slow to me. If he needs a day or two, by all means, if he can DH some and not play the field, that might be good as well. So he needs to start utilizing these options more. I, I know you had mentioned that the the bench players haven't really shown that they should be playing, but I mean, how will we know? They're not getting that much opportunity. Rios has gotten the most opportunity and he's looked okay. You can throw Beatty out there, give him some more opportunity. And if need be, you can send down some pitchers that aren't being used all that much. Call up McKinstry or Lux and let them play some more or whatever the case, any player for that matter, whatever the case may be. And just, Try to figure it out because, again, it's a short season. You just cannot allow these players to continue to be in there and put up these terrible at-bats popping out every time. It, it just it does not work for me. They're 8-4 and four so far, which is good, but I have not enjoyed watching this team play baseball aside from Betts, Seager, and Pollock. Now, Just three players. you make a point, but I feel like there's something else you left out. You mentioned that we need to mix it up in Robert's defense. The last two or three games, it's very hard for him to mix it up when you have Seager and Betts both hurt. So you already have Betts replacement, whoever's playing for him out there. So that person's not on the bench, which is usually Beatty right now. Uh, then you have Seager and you mentioned sitting Turner and giving him a day off. Well, I'm not sitting Turner and giving him Corey Seager's DH spot because I'm not taking Seager out of that lineup and he can't be on his feet right now. So I just think there's a little bit more to it. it the uh, the other games I'll agree just, with That's you. just two games. Yeah, but that's those just are... these last two games. Now, if Seager, Robert says Seager might play the field today. If that's the case, 
put Turner at DH and put Rio. Well, I don't know who's pitching for the Padres, so there needs it's a to be right-hander. So. Context to it. If Maybe, it's a right-hander, yeah. put Rios at third, Seager at short, uh, Re- yeah, Rios at third, uh, Turner can DH, and then Taylor can play second or whatever. Yeah, I mean, it's it's all doable. I would even go a little bit different and put Muncie at second, Bellinger it no. Pollock, Jock, Beatty. You could have Pollock, Jock, and Beatty all in the outfield and have Taylor on the bench against a righty, but I, I think there's options. I just think it goes back to kind of where I've kind of sat with this whole thing is that it's just so much more complicated than a regular season. Uh, You talk about sending down pitchers to call up Gavin Lux, whereas we got into an extra inning game the other day and we literally had Josh Spores and one other pitcher left on the uh, bench. So with starters not guaranteeing going 80, 90, 100 pitches, I don't think you can really send down those pitchers right now. But I will say that that actually leads us into our next question, which I think we will will be pitchers. But as of tomorrow, the rosters will go down to 28 players. So two Dodgers will have to be taken off the active roster. So with that said, if it was up to you, which two Dodgers, because they haven't announced it yet, which two Dodgers would you be sending down before tomorrow's game? Um, I think it would have to be Victor Gonzalez and Kolarek. Now, Gonzalez is still a rookie, and I don't think Kolarek has been better than the other lefties in the pen. I think McGee and Ferguson have been slightly better than uh, Kolarek. Eventually, I would like to see Santana down in favor of Gonsolin. No offense to Santana, but Tony G is just better at this point. However, uh, Wood will probably be back soon, so unfortunately Santana will probably be down anyway. And since the only other pitcher in the discussion is probably Dylan Floro, and knock on Wood, no pun intended, he's been good so far, so I don't think he's going anywhere. Now there is a possibility that Kelly serves his suspension and the pitcher either comes up or is just allowed to stay for the time being. But to make a long answer short, it's Gonzalez and Colorado. Okay, and I'm on the same page with you as Gonzalez. Uh, that one I do agree. I kind of have to disagree with you on Kolarik. He's pitched in four games. He's gone three and a third, and he's only given up two hits, no earned runs on his part, and he hasn't walked anybody. Uh, the one I go with I know is going to be an unpopular answer, and it hurts me to say it because I love the guy. But I just think right now is not Gratterall's time. Uh, He just isn't looking like like he's got the stuff. We see he's got the stuff. I just think there's still more to his development and he needs consistency to be out there. But through six games this season, he's given up five hits and three earned runs. And that's through only four. Uh, five innings pitched and I just I like I said I think he'll be a stud I but I think he needs consistency and I just don't think right now he's worth the risk of continuously putting him out there just because he throws 100 101 102 when he's getting hit pretty hard Uh, he's not walking anyone so that's good he has struck out five so that's good but he is getting hit around quite a bit and the guys you mentioned, Dylan Floro, Adam Kalerik, 
none of them have given up any runs so far. Um, I think Ferguson just gave up his first run. Was it last night or was that not even his run? It might've just been an inherited. It wasn't his run. Okay. So uh, that's my only issue is Gratterall's really the only one in the bullpen who's actively struggling. So that's where it goes. Um, I, okay. So like, I understand that there are inconsistencies, but at the same time, if we're being honest, how much longer is Choleric or Choleric, however you say his name, really going to be able to get righties out? I mean, I don't think it's going to last much longer. It might not, but they can, in my opinion, they can send him down when that time comes. I wouldn't even chance it. Yeah, I, I love Gratterall, but he's just not bringing any value to the team right now. He's got a negative war, uh, and he has two losses on the year. So I just, he has had pretty big moments where he's cost the team uh some big runs in the game so I just I right now it's hard for me in a 60 game season to send someone like Floro or Caleric down because they might not go a good direction when Gratterall's showing that he's just not headed in a good direction right now to begin with but um right it's because we're coming from two different size of the thing. You want the Dodgers to win. I don't care because it's a season game season. So that I understand. Yeah. Well, yeah, I think you're in the minority there and I, that's think, fine. I'll I be think in the, the minority. coaching I have no staff issues with that. is going to be on the winning side. So that's why I went with Gratterall. I'm going with not what I want to see, but what I think is actually going to happen. I just don't see I want to watch fun baseball and these people aren't providing fun baseball. Well, I don't know what to tell you because <laughs> that's uh, guys. These guys aren't playing to have fun; they're playing to win. So I think that's where the team comes from. But it doesn't matter, anyways. Uh, and I can I completely get that. I understand. I will be the only one on this side of the fence. I don't mind. It's a sixty game season. I really it doesn't matter all that much what happens. It doesn't feel like a real season to begin with. For the players, I understand they want to win. I completely get that. For me, as a fan, personally, it matters none to me this year. Next year, when they play 162, if they do play 162, then it would it would mean something. Not to mention, like, I hate service time manipulation. I think it's the worst thing in the world. I don't like that MLB is capable of doing it. But I would rather save Gratterall and have him for another year versus just having him out there because he's fun to watch and watching him suck and cost the team games uh, and then also lose a year of control. So That's that side of things, if I'm being selfish, if he deserves to be up, I 100, I like the guy. He's so much fun to watch. You never know what you're going to get. I really hope he turns it around. And I if he's on the team, I'm going to stick it out with them and I'm going to just hope he can figure it out because I do think he has the potential to be a huge huge piece for the Dodgers bullpen he's just still so young and has so much to figure out that's completely fair he will probably end up being our future closer but um so yeah I I get where uh, you're coming from with that one yeah not mad at it I just from my no, it's a, it's a it's a difference yeah. of opinion for different reasons, yeah. which is fine. But we'll have our answer tomorrow. I have a feeling we'll both be right about uh Gonzalez though. So Oh, that's a hundred percent. Yeah, so we shall see. Um as for that, we're gonna head into MLB news really quickly. Just a couple things. Hopefully this will not well, hopefully the doubleheaders part will not matter to the Dodgers. 
But due to so many teams having to miss games because of outbreaks, MLB and the Players Union agreed that for the remainder of the season, any doubleheader games being played will only go seven innings. This was to help protect players from injury due to having to play so many games in such a short period of time. Like I mentioned earlier, you have teams like the Marlins and I think it's now the Cardinals who have to make up like seven games. And quite frankly, if I'm any of the, the teams, Phillies. yeah, Phillies, if I'm, I mean, even teams like the Yankees now have to make up games. If I'm any of those teams that have to make up games because you got an outbreak and now I have to play a doubleheader, I'm going to be pissed off because I just don't think that's, that's fair to the other team. You're now taking teams like the Yankees who have been good on their end and the Nationals who've been good on their end all have the risk throwing out multiple pitchers there in one or two games. So uh, I just need everyone to get their shit together because I don't want to see more injuries. We just saw an awful injury. I think it was to Soroka the other day. He's now done, uh, tore his Achilles. We've seen it with Kershaw getting started. We've seen it with Verlander. The Astros have another pitcher now who's hurt. Like it's just Shohei Otani. It's just, it's a mess. It's bad for the sport. Um, And so these guys need to stay safe. So I just want to see all these players stick to the protocols and not get sick. Don't put these other teams at risk. It's not fair. I wanted to say something real fast. This has nothing to do with anything. Um, But Otani should just stop pitching. This should should be the end of it. If the Angels are smart, they'll stop because they're wasting money just having him sit on the aisle. Like, he's getting his years. He's getting his money. Nothing's changing for him. If the Angels are smart, they'll keep him as a full-time DH I don't even know exactly. when I don't even and know when Pujols comes off. off. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know when Pujols comes off his contract. It's either next year, I think, or the year after. Who knows? But like they can just take that hit and sit. Pujols can DH once a week when Otani needs a break. But they yeah, they need to stop before they do more damage to him in the long term. And then he can't even swing a bat. So, yeah. um, with that said, extra innings rule will still take place in doubleheader games. So that will begin in the eighth inning. And roster sizes for doubleheaders will go from 28 to 29. And speaking about roster size, after the first two weeks of the season, so like we mentioned tomorrow, Thursday, teams roster size will go from 30-man to 28-man. Two more weeks following that, it was supposed to go to 26-man roster, which will be the normal moving forward beginning the 2021 season. However, the union and MLB came to an agreement that they will leave it at 28 for the rest of the season to help keep more players from getting injured. Um, So I completely understand that move. I actually like it. I think it'll help the Dodgers more. It's two more extra spots they will get to hold on for the rest of the season that they were only supposed to have for two more weeks. They will also see a change in the taxi squad. It will no longer be three players. It will go up to five, and it will stay that way for the whole season. So in reality, whether it's Gonzalez, Caleric, Gonzalez, Floro, Gonzalez, Gratterall, you could take those two players from the Dodgers 30-man roster and just stick them on the taxi squad in case they're needed back due to injury. Um, If Gavin Lux is doing good at camp, maybe we see him take one of those uh, spots on the taxi squad and they put maybe Victor Gonzalez or Gratterall who knows but I think this works out huge for the Dodgers uh, see here's here's my real quick here's my thing if they're gonna send Gratterall down I don't think he should be on the taxi squad send him to the alternate site so he can get work done I don't want to see Lux on the taxi squad either because they need to keep working what are the taxi squad players just traveling and not doing anything that doesn't make much sense to me they're so, yeah they're basically I would rather just, just keep them at the alternate site to get work done 
Yeah, I don't think I don't think Gratterall will end up on the taxi squad for that exact reason. I do think he needs to work. Same thing with Lux. I kind of think it'll just be two position players. Or sorry, I think it'll be two pitchers that take up that spot just because yeah, pitcher injuries seem to be a mess this year with this shortened season. So, um, however, when the team is at home, I think it's not even about taxi squad anymore. I'm pretty sure taxi squad is really only matters like when they're on the road. So they don't have to like send a plane for one guy to travel somewhere in the middle of a pandemic. So we could see something if it's a home series and somebody gets hurt. I don't think it necessarily means they'll go to the taxi squad. We could see Gavin Lux just totally bypass McKinstry and get called straight to the team. Uh, since they'd already be in LA at USC. So a lot is going to happen in the next 24 hours or so when it comes to rosters. I'm assuming this all has to be done before first pitch tomorrow. Um, So if we see Gratterall out there tonight, I don't know if it'll mean anything. I don't know if it'll mean anything if we see any of those guys out there tonight, but I'm very curious to see where – Roberts goes and I have a feeling he will be talking about that on the post game so if he does uh, we will have all of that on our YouTube channel because we have the post game and pregame videos so you guys can check that out but other than that I had nothing else for this week did you have anything you wanted to say uh no sweet so with that said we hope you guys have a great rest of your day night morning afternoon whenever you listen to this Dodgers have another game tonight at 610 final game against the Padres Stripling is on the mound for us he's been killing it Dodgers have an off day tomorrow before heading home to play San Francisco once again so yeah that's all I've got and I hope everyone has an incredible week and we will catch you guys next week bye Wait, guys before oh, we get off all right don't, don't forget to follow our social oh, media yeah i kind of forgot all that yeah you can uh follow us there at dodger yard and you can find me at randy underscore radcliffe and you can find me at michael conan and we will catch you guys next week bye guys see you later guys